Coming in hot, episode 24. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're <laughs> like, let's think of any cliche that I can remember. Coming in hot. That's not cliche, is it? I don't know. If you've heard someone say it before, <laughs> it doesn't make it cliche. Cliche is if it's used a bunch. Oh, okay. Coming <laughs> in hot, episode 24. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Bad generally... reviews for good books. Okay. So, well, the thing man. that I'm going to talk about today, since I always talk about something before we start, is that we leveled up our mic. Can you tell? They're like, no. <laughs> Your dad leveled up our mic. Oh. So thanks, Dad, for the early Christmas gift. This is the best. I recorded one of Ryan's podcast episodes for his, mm-hmm. which is called An Uncommon Serial. But it's not about serial killers. Serial killers freak me out. Anyway, so it works super well with that, and we're excited to use our new mic. All okay. right. Ready Giddy to go. Here Episode go. something something. Chris said. Racism, exoticism of the Middle East and Asia, Islamophobia, misogyny, fatphobia, homophobia. Wow. That just hit everything, didn't it? <laughs> Any guess? Well, it's going to be like Aladdin or something. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but then I was like, no, that doesn't really fit the bill. That's the only story I can kind of think of that happened in the Middle East. <laughs> Vicky said, we get it. The planet is dry. Huh. Oh, Dune. Yep. Okay. That's not the Middle East. Well, I think this thing they appropriated a lot of like cultural stuff. Yeah, hmm. that's what people are saying. Interesting. Okay. So, for the record, I have not read Dune. We did watch the movie, which we have talked about <laughs> in our yeah. Jason Momoa episode. I mean, what episode was that? <laughs> a good one. Yeah, so I had bought the book. Well, I got the book somehow and I started reading it like forever Recently? Ago. Oh, forever. Forever. Ago. Ago. Okay. I didn't get very far into it, but then I got it on Overdrive. And I was listening to it, and I liked it. It was enjoyable. It was a little slow and dry. Anyway, so it elapsed. Then the loan ran out, yeah. yeah, and then I was listening to something else. Anyway, then the movie came out, and I was like, oh, I should finish that. But, of course, I can't get it now because of all the nerds. Yeah, because the movie came out. The non-nerds that want to read it now. When it was just the nerds that wanted to read it, I could get a copy, but now I can't, so... Yeah, because it's super old, isn't it? It's way old. It was written, like, in the... 60s. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, which we will learn all about. Mark said, A good rule is that if you're building a world in fantasy literature, make sure it is more interesting than the one the reader already occupies. Like, nobody wants to go into our depressing world. This is Callum. It's making me think of two things. One is The Dragon Prince, which if you guys have not watched that show, that is easily my most favorite TV show ever. Really? Yes. More than Avatar? Yes. I like it that much. Okay. That's on Netflix, and it's good. The other thing is this cute little boy that we go to church with. The map's cartography clarifications, which are difficult to understand in the first place, has two pretty glaring spoilers in them. The death of someone and the name of another... It's like ordering an ice cream, but the menu has Who Dies and Game of Thrones listed between vanilla and chocolate. (laughs) Did you find the map? No, I didn't go looking for it. I'm very curious about what that actually looks like now. How can it have the death of someone and the name of another on a map? I don't know if it's like something's demise, the mountain called, you know, or hmm. I don't know. Would they do something like that? Apparently. Except if it's not a mountain, it'd be like the dune where... (laughs) <laughs> the get dude. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I think they did have mountains, though. Carola. It's not Carola. It's like Carol, but then there's an A on the end. Well, whoever she is, she says, I hated every moment of this one. P.S. My hate of sand did not factor into this review. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember precisely what he says, but our 12-year-old is like, 
I hate the beach because I don't mind the sand and I don't mind the water, but I don't like them together. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of agree with that. When sand and water mix, it's just you can't get it off of you and it just sticks everywhere. So sad. So if you haven't read the book, there may be spoilers for you, even if you've seen the movie, because I guess they cut the movie pretty short. And there's a, I mean, they have to do that with movies. Well, yeah. I mean, but just at the end, there's a couple of things like just knowing who Paul ends up with and stuff like that. Or oh, like his girlfriend so situation. This is your warning. If I'll, you're planning on reading Dune, just don't. Just listen to the podcast. Or if you care about the girlfriend <laughs> situation at the end of the book, then yeah, I'll like, warn you before I say anything about it. Thank you. This is Jesse. Jesse says, okay, so the absolute best I can say about this is that for me, I categorize this book the same way I do Pink Floyd. I can unequivocally see the importance and genius of the work. There are even some songs, elements, that I like. But all in all, I'm not a fan. I can't listen to it. I turn the station every time. Someone gave me a Pink Floyd shirt. And it's really cool. It is pretty. Because the prism, like the dark side of the moon, you know, it's It's beautiful. Um, But I feel like such a fraud when I wear it. (laughs) Like I was literally walking down the sidewalk. Someone (laughs) shouted out of their car, some lady, I love Pink Floyd, dark side of the moon, bro, or something like that. I'm like, (laughs) like, no. Yeah. I like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I I like listened to some Pink Floyd as much as I could stomach. I'm just like, well, this is interesting. Yeah. And then I had heard that. You know, if you watch Alice in Wonderland while you're listening to Dark Side of the Mood, it coincides perfectly or something like that. Does I'm it? Like, so apologies if you like Pink Floyd. I wasn't a fan and I feel horrible every time I wear that T-shirt. <laughs> okay, so this is Zulima and Ryan <laughs> did us the courtesy of zooming in on her picture and it's like her head is merging with her dog. <laughs> She's like kissing the dog behind the ears or something or hiding behind it. <laughs> She's like half woman, (laughs) half dog. Yeah, it's really interesting. (laughs) It's not funny, but I just think it's funny that you took the time to screenshot this and zoom in. Well, I mean, because I'm like, I look at their photos, I'm like, wait, what is that? This is Zulima. She says, Frank Lee. Wait, Frank dash L-Y. Oh, yeah, we forgot to say who wrote the book. Frank Herbert. Oh, okay. (laughs) Frank Herbert. (laughs) Now the joke will make sense. I know, because I was like, I get it. Frank Lee. Okay, so Frank Lee. I don't have the ability to accurately put into words why this was one of the worst reading experiences I ever had to endure, and why I, from the bottom of my heart, detest this piece of trash even more than, I don't know, the mists of Avalon to which I very generously gave one star as well. What's The Mists of Avalon? Uh, I don't know. I've never read it. It's older, I think. Okay. Have to admit, though, as disgusting Bradley's pseudo-feminist yet utterly sexist and homophobic novel was, at least the woman knew how to A, write, B, establish interesting and morally gray characters, and C, tell an actual freaking story. Dune, however, fails in every single category, and not just slightly. No, I'm talking train wreck, atomic bomb, COVID pandemic level of (laughs) catastrophic misfiring. I'm sorry, I can't. This book literally drained me. Moreover, I nodded off at least thrice whilst trying to push through. (laughs) Thrice whilst. (laughs) Obviously, I finished Dune since it was a book club pick. Otherwise, I sure as heck would have do not finished this after 100 pages. Honestly, I feel kind of bad for all those poor Timmy Chalamie. Timothy Chalamie is the guy that plays Paul. Oh. Paul Atreides is definitely a contender for worst and most insufferable protagonist ever. 
fangirls paying to go see this movie? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, who am I kidding? I'll watch it too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I looked this up in my research also. With a production budget of $165 million, not including marketing and promotion, Dune has now grossed $69.4 million in North America and $292 million globally. Whoa. Wow, wait, hold on. Pretty good investment. Can you even imagine spending $165 million on a movie? Wow. Okay, are you? No, no. Oh, I was. (laughs) Your face looked really patronizing. Wow, Jada. Wow. You're so special. <laughs> no, it wasn't even. Well, because I was thinking about what we could do with that amount of money. That's not a movie. I mean, I get it. We need entertainment. I would make a sweet movie. <laughs> <laughs> if I had $165 million. Like, what else would you do with that? Hey, someone want to feed, feed hungry the poor? People? Yeah, hello. <laughs> that's overrated. No. <laughs> anyway, that's crazy. Kaya said, extremely boring, unnecessary pedo of a villain. The last what, what they, does they, pedo mean? Pedophile. Oh my gosh! They don't put that in the movie, I guess. Apparently not that I not. remember. Wait, who? The villain? The fat guy. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't put that in the movie. I know. Oh. Come here, little boy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so wrong. This made me think of something totally unrelated, but also kind of related. So we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but I really think it's interesting when I read books from an adult's perspective, you know, and I was reading... The Polar Express, the other day to Hazel. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) And I was really bothered at a couple points as a mother, mostly that the boy went out because he's like, oh, here's something. It's midnight. Here's something outside. (laughs) And he goes outside and the conductor's like, come on. And he's like, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to get on your train. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, don't go with the mayor. And then it totally gave me these like Pinocchio vibes, you know, when they're going to the Donkey Island. Mm-hmm. He's like, we've got candy and hot chocolate and all this delicious <laughs> stuff. You're like, don't get on the train. Don't do it. Your mom will miss you. You know, because like, a mom, I was just like, there's so many things that are wrong with this. It's a three star for me now. I used to love that book growing up. And then they're like, and then little Timmy didn't hear the bell ringing or his sister. She Aww. gave up the hope. And I was just like, I still hear the bell. I still hear it. I mean, even the whole gathering just feels real creepy. I don't know. I don't know if it's the illustrations or what. When the elves and Santa all gather and he's like, we'll pick one little child for, to give out a free gift. And then the problem that our kids have with it, of course, is they're like, you can have anything you want. You pick a stupid bell. I know, right? From the reindeer's chuff or whatever. Chuff? <laughs> is that what they call that? No. The chuff. No, I made that up. Their harness. I couldn't think of the word. That was- <laughs> Chuff was the first one Chuff. that came to me. And for me, it's made worse because I really can't stand Tom Hanks. I know people will be like, what's wrong with you? He's awesome. But he pays two characters, Forrest Gump and everything else. <laughs> it's so bad. Ugh. I don't think I've actually seen the movie. What, Forrest Gump? No. Oh, wait. The Polar Express. Oh, it's awful. That was back when they thought CG was super cool. They'd do the whole movie in CG, and it just looks like the people have, like, wax faces or something. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, It's so bad. Oh, I should watch it now. No. Please don't. Save yourself. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a waste of my time, actually. All right, Kaya has been waiting patiently. She's been waiting <laughs> patiently to finish her, her review. review. The last 50 pages of action are still abominably dull and rushed. The prose reeks, and the appendix is a very pompous, overwrought attempt at world building. The worms aren't even that exciting when, by all rights, a giant sandworm should be incredibly cool to read about. Yeah, true. Kaya continues, Not sure where the movie deal came from, but I sincerely hope that's the last I hear of this abominable book. Cannot wait to send it to an inmate book collection. 
Okay, that's so mean. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think she's trying to be mean. She's like, give a book away to the inmate. No, she's like, I hated this. I'll give this to people in prison. That's (laughs) all they deserve. I don't think. Okay. No, I have a problem with like people making assumptions about people in prison. True. Yeah. Our system's kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother. This is not. We're not going to talk about that. But. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. Donate some nice books to the prison. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants Dune. <laughs> we love you. This is Anton. He says, I'd rather get stuck on Arrakis for the rest of my life than read another page of Dune. <laughs> is that the place? Arrakis was the planet, dude. Well, guess what? You wouldn't be stuck there for too long. You'd probably die because you don't have a special suit. So. Well, I mean, maybe the author's doing something right if he wants to go to Arrakis. Right? Yeah, that's true. Arrakis. Sorry, I said that wrong. All right. So this is Davis. And this is what I see when I look at his thing. It's two people kissing. Then when I zoom in and look at the big picture, I see that. (laughs) I hope that's him. (laughs) So what you're not seeing, because we didn't explain it to you, is there's two people kissing and then there's a guy in the background with a big bundle of blue balloons just smiling awkwardly like, yeah, hey, I'm in the picture too. I want to be friends with that man. He yeah, looks that's a great so picture. great. <laughs> I really hope that he's this guy. Like, I hope yeah. so much. I think it probably is. Or maybe he just took, like, a random picture. I think he did. He Still, it's pretty great. Clever. Davis said, Herbert commits a sin worse than writing an uninteresting story. He writes a story without even attempting to make it interesting. How would he know? This is Sophie. Sophie says... You get some stuff about how Leto is politicking and that this planet he was forced to trade his own planet to become Duke of this one. Despite being responsible for the production of one of the most valuable products in the galaxy, that is also what makes space travel possible, a.k.a. hello gasoline in the Middle East metaphor, mixed with the 1960s drug obsession. Yeah, I thought that was kind of astute. That's interesting. Gasoline in the Middle East metaphor. Yeah, I like that. Archie says... The antagonist, the classically evil named Baron, is a one-trick <laughs> pony. He's a big fat dude that wants to kill our main character and be the emperor, king, dictator forever and ever. There's no nuance to him, and I don't really care if he kills Paul, to be frank. Why do I care who controls the universe? The universe hasn't made me care. Paul is Jesus, the Baron is Hitler, and the story is simple. Words are long, sentences are complicated. There's a very clear Christian white messiah sort of, yeah. Like a savior kind yeah, of for savior sure. complex Lots thing. of people, like noticed that and we're bothered like oh the white guy comes and saves all the little sand people yeah white savior thing yep not all white people are bad but yeah these ones are (laughs) (laughs) the people who write these trashy novels (laughs) just kidding mitchell oh man this is rough when people are just like he's just trying so hard with a glass of wine i know it's unfair to compare this to wheel of time series i was like yeah (laughs) Since that was written 25 years later and was clearly ripping off Dune rather than the other way around. But that was the vibe I was getting, which is bad because Wheel of Time is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Obvious to anyone who's read both books, The Freeman and the I.L. Both of them are hardcore, bad A's, dessert, dessert tribes. (laughs) I wish if there was a dessert tribe, I would join that so fast. I'd be like, what are we having tonight for dessert? (laughs) Desert tribes with Byzantine cultures. And in both books, the author repeatedly beats you about the head with how hardcore and bad A they are. It's a little weird. It's also further evidence that Robert Jordan never had an original idea in his head, (laughs) as if we don't know that already. (laughs) Oh, well, at least the video game was awesome. Does it have a video game? The video game. Let me tell you. Tell me about the video game. When I was, I don't even know, 10 maybe or younger. Yeah. 
Oh, it's old, old, old. Yeah, lo- it was like Atari old it was or like Nintendo. Com- it, I think it was before. It was probably around the same time that Nintendo came out, but it was a PC game. PCs weren't even really a thing like in the eighties, yeah, no, were the, they? The computers came out before the Nintendo for sure. But not like computers, computers with internet, just like computers where you would type in code and stuff. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I just remember the Krebs playing it like on their laptop or something because they were those all, are his cousins. They're by my the way. cousins. The Krebs. They're super cool. We just really love his Krebs cousins. Like, there's literally not a single one of them that's not cool. That's so true. It's kind of unfair, but go ahead. Do you know what's super sad? I remember just watching him play it, like Matt or something. I, <laughs> I watched him play it, and I literally dreamed about that game. <laughs> For like weeks. Like oh I gosh. wanted to play it so bad. Oh. It was because my little ADD mind was like, and then it's like video games. <laughs> like, was that your first exposure? I think that to was. Games? That was my first exposure. Oh, and I was so just funny. thinking like, wow, how amazing would it be to build stuff? And then you keep building stuff and it gives you more stuff. <laughs> like, and I bet I bet if you looked at it now. As an adult, you'd be like, oh, this is awful. Because, yeah, I well, mean- I actually did. I got an emulator a few year- a couple years ago and downloaded it. I'm like, whoa, and this is not like I remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Warcraft 1. <laughs> <laughs> I love so much when you reference nerd stuff and the rest of us are like, oh, Warcraft 1. <laughs> All right. Maria says, I like to think of Dune as the internet explorer of science fiction. Without it, we would not know how to properly appreciate Chrome. (laughs) That's such a good analogy. In a futuristic world where the impossible is possible, the fact remains that the most unthinkable phenomenon is still women being treated as people. (laughs) Also, I'm not sure if picturing these sandworms as that big weird worm from SpongeBob made my reading experience better or worse. (laughs) Better, obvi. I think she's talking about the nematodes. From SpongeBob? Yeah, they come and they they just devour everything. They're just, they're kind of small. That's terrifying. Daniel says, easily one of the most unpleasant and frustrating reading experiences I've ever had. Now excuse me as I allow the self-doubt I feel when I hate something everyone else likes to consume me. (laughs) (laughs) I have felt that before. That's a real thing. You know what? I wish we had a word for that. Like, one area where English is lacking, and I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, but I know we have, is... In other languages, they'll have words to describe experiences that we don't have, you know, like schadenfreude. Hey, Siri, define schadenfreude. Schadenfreude means pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. Ooh. Yeah, crazy. This is the badger, and I'm disappointed because his profile picture is a horse. What? When it should have been a badger. That's a misnomer. We do have that one in English. Oh, come on now. That's ridiculous. Your name should be the horse. Don't call yourself the badger. Badger colored. No, it's not even. It's like a psychedelic horse. The badger was forced to read it for an AP summer reading course in badger school, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And while he wept for tests of the Dubervilles and was angst ridden through A Handmaid's Tale, I just wanted Dune to be over with so I could tear out the pages to make origami worms and burn them. (laughs) Whew. How do you make an origami worm? <clears throat> just take the paper and like roll it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which then you're like, that's not origami, bro. But what's so funny is, it's... so AP, that's advanced placement for anyone who's not in America. I believe those are like college credit courses, right? AP. So it's like 
when you're a college ready student, what you do with books you don't like is make origami out of them. <laughs> burn it. Burn it. That's what smart kids do, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't one, so I couldn't say. But look at me now, living my best <laughs> life. <laughs> Sham said. It's funny because his picture looks like it's an origami Sam. Looks oh, like no. Frankenstein, kind of. It's just like a. That looks scary. What is that? I don't. It's like a. I think it's a CG. Ah, can you please close out of that? I really don't like Sam it. Sam looks like a, a drunk CG character. <laughs> no, it looks like he's the conductor on the Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. I would not get on that train, okay? <laughs> Tom Hanks wannabe. All right. Sam said, originally I mixed up Dune with the film Labyrinth and was wondering which book character David Bowie played. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. It it took me a couple of days to realize they're not the same. (laughs) A couple days! (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious about what his thought process was. Was he thinking about it perpetually for two days or did he just... David Bowie? No. (laughs) David Bowie? No, that can't be. (laughs) After a couple days, he's like, yeah, I should probably Google that, you know? (laughs) How do you you mix up Dune and Labyrinth? I don't know. (laughs) Saeed said, for what is an incredibly Arab story, there's absolutely no acknowledgement of Middle Eastern culture or influence. I'm just tired of primarily white people thinking that non-white identities are interchangeable. I've seen the new film praised to heck and back for its diverse casting, but I don't see a single Arab actor amongst the main cast. I think primarily white people are misunderstanding the purpose of ethnic diversity. An adaptation of the Siddhartha Gautama story with an African-American cast would be diverse in the sense that it wouldn't be white, which is what Westerners usually mean when they say diverse, but it also wouldn't be accurate. Mm. I had to look up who Siddhartha Gautama is. It's Buddha. Oh. Hmm. Well, I'm just going to not say anything because I'll show how ignorant I am. I'm just thankful to Saeed. He made some really good points. And I think that is so important to remember. Whenever I am researching or reading about stuff like this, you know, it makes me think that one of the biggest problems is we don't consult people of color or people from certain ethnicities. We just kind of make assumptions or like ask white people who are apparently scholars and experts. And it's like, We should be going to the source. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, so when I wrote a book from a black boy's perspective, I repeatedly ask some of my black friends to read it and tell me what I did wrong because I am definitely white. Yeah. And they just didn't. I don't know if they just had things to do or if they thought it was amazing. Probably not that. But (laughs) well, and I don't know about the specific black people you consulted with, but A lot of people would argue that you shouldn't even write a book from a black person's perspective as a white person. Really? Mm Because then people will be like, why don't you ever write something from besides a white boy's perspective? Wouldn't a white author be doing a good thing if they used diversity in their... I think it would depend on who you talk to. Yeah, that's true. Some people would say yes. Some would say no. There's always going to be somebody who's upset with whatever. Like when we were doing To Kill a Mockingbird, Mm -hmm. like there were so many people that were angry about certain things and then the other people were angry for the opposite reason you know yeah yeah yeah. and it was just like what tillach said here's an especially salient piece of dialogue uh mm, mm, uh mm, mm, mm," said the count he studied freyd rotha the um mm, mm, precise young man uh (laughs) my Hmm, 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 dear. <laughs> now, how exactly am I supposed to read that? <laughs> I don't know. Does it actually say that in the book? There's a lot of people that were saying, like, there's so many times where the characters just go, ah, and then it says, dash H, dash H, dash H, dash H, like, ah. I see that. 
Or is he saying, ah. <laughs> I guess in the 60s, they felt like they had to put a hyphen. But nowadays, you just well, keep, keep putting letters until you're done. But what's so funny is the first one is, um dash m dash m dash m dash a h dash m i know it's like mom mom <laughs> also when you were doing it it sounded kind of melodic i was like i think that we could remix this into a song <laughs> uh, duncan idaho is the sort of name only a teenage boy would think is cool <laughs> yeah you may as well call him potato head because <laughs> they eat a lot of potatoes there it was, it was very so disorienting. Jarring. I know. So like, I know. Idaho. I know. I was like, please don't. Like, please don't. <laughs> Duncan's fine, but you don't combine that with Idaho. Okay? I know, That's right? That's so weird. Kit said, I couldn't even read it as a so bad it's good laugh. The author's writing <laughs> is so humorless that I'm now going to recommend Dune to actors before they step on stage to prevent corpsing. What's corpsing? Uh, I looked it up. Corpsing is a British theatrical slang for unintentionally laughing during a non-humorous performance <laughs> Or when a role in a humorous performance is intended to be played straight. In North would, America, I we would, call it breaking. I would corpse breaking so character. much. I would corpse real hard. <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> that is such a strange term, though. I know. It, I guess because it's like the death of your you're acting so... <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, you're like, he's a corpse. He's a corpse now. No good. I'm curious about what the origins so of that confused. word is. That's really interesting. Okay. This is Tammy. Tammy! <laughs> <laughs> Tammy says... Inanely boring to the point that merely thinking about picking up the book triggered spells of uncontrollable narcolepsy. She <laughs> doesn't actually have narcolepsy. Offended right now. Best served with a hypodermic of amphetamines because you'll need them to stay awake long enough to finish this one. She's got a drug problem. Okay, <laughs> That's what's happening there, Tammy. Mallory says, would have rather read an 800-page owner's manual to a car I don't have. Because <laughs> at least you could have fixed, you know, whoever's car that is. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you guys have a 96 Impala? <laughs> I know everything about that. It's so funny that that's the first car that came to your mind. No, Why I, is I, that? Don't, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> and I don't even know if there was a 96 Impala. <laughs> I'm sure there was. This is Fabian. <laughs> you know who Fabian is, right? Fabio? Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> the wrong person. A, qu a quote from one of the first pages that literally stopped my reading in its track. Is it not a magnificent thing that I, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, do? Now I'm asking myself, were science fiction books so hard to come by in the 60s for this one to win both an Hugo and a Nebula? <laughs> wow. You know, in the video game, they say Harkonnen. But in the movie, they say Harkonnen. Harkonnen, yeah. And in the audiobook, they say Harkonnen. Harkonnen sounds too much like Harkon. Yeah. Why can't you say Harkonnen, which sounds super cool? And if it was in the video game, that's probably how it should be pronounced. Right, because that was way before yeah. the movie right. or this audio. I wonder if Frank Herbert ever said... He probably, I'm sure he said Harkonnen at some point in his life. Or, yeah, I wonder about that because for audiobooks and stuff, I think that sometimes audiobook narrators will just make stuff up and you're like, you should have looked that up or like consulted something. <laughs> you should have asked the author. Yeah. Joe says, to write a book, you should be able to do at least one of the following. One, develop characters. Two, tell an interesting story. Three, write dialogue that vaguely resembles what someone might say. Four, write sentences that might be interesting to a reader. Instead, we're left with one-dimensional characters, plot summer, talking, massacre, talking, religious ceremony, talking, man rides a worm, talking, massacre, talking, <laughs> knife fight, ta-da, mm. melodrama, cliches. This might have made a passable movie or video game or commercial or perhaps theme for children's lunchboxes. You're like, it did make a passable video game. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> I dreamed about it for a whole the week. The movie was good, too. I liked the movie. The movie was okay. It was depressing. Oh, yeah. Everyone, like... I don't like depressing stuff. 
You have to be a writer to write a book. It's like saying that the violinist was out of tune, had no bow, control, or rhythm, couldn't remember the music, and the interpretation was hackneyed, but at least his pants were nice. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever said anything funny or guarded or nuanced or tender. Characters' emotions were delivered as if Keanu Reeves was playing each part. Gosh, I love this guy because Keanu Reeves is the worst. He's like right underneath Tom Hanks in my (laughs) assessment of plays one character. Ugh. He drives me nuts. Tom Hanks has done a lot of different characters, hasn't he? All I remember is Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. In the terminal, he has another accent or something. Well, and what about when he's on the island and he's kind of crazy? No, he's totally the same person. What about when he was a pilot? Same person. Yeah, like, still Tom Hanks. Like, it's Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks, just a pilot. Hanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think he's I like, need to watch My it. character is so wonderful, I will play it for every character I, I do. To, I think I need to watch some of his movies then. And I feel bad because apparently Keanu Reeves is a super nice guy I've and everyone's like, oh, he's all right. But I'm like, great. Also, but he, he doesn't age. He's like immortal. Which is weird. It's, right? I, I saw a picture once. It was like Keanu Reeves like 30 <laughs> years ago. Keanu Reeves now. And I was like, oh, what? he's been drinking from the ages of immortality or something. <laughs> What's that from? Ages of immortality. Yeah. I don't know, probably Harry Potter card game. Ages of immortality. <laughs> well, whatever. He seriously doesn't age. That's neither here nor anyway, there. Anyway, Keanu, no offense. You're a great Keanu, person. I bet you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, drop us a comment. <laughs> if you are, I apologize <laughs> severely. Oh, my gosh. If only. This is Jonathan. This novel is the granddaddy, so to speak, of the science fiction world. I just think it's time to stop measuring anything newer against it, politely nodding as granddad rants and raves while we help him walk to his bed and put him to rest. Uh, <laughs> walk to bed and put him to rest. This All right. I think, Grandpa, come with me. I think this episode is going to be called Dune, a.k.a. Put Granddaddy to Bed. <laughs> put Granddaddy to Bed. <laughs> That's just so great. This is my favorite one, easily so far okay this is fiona i read a few years ago that if you've not found dune on your own accord by the time you've got to a marriageable age you're probably not a dune sort of person (laughs) it feels like a christmas carol when you've seen everyone and the muppets do their own variations on it i don't care about paul who is a haughty special snowflake and with whom i can't identify I don't care about his mother. We wouldn't be friends. P.S. I don't root for people with concubines. I don't, and you can't make me. (laughs) I don't root for people with concubines. Garrett Marland said, When I ask anyone what sci-fi novels I should read, they always say, Have you read Dune? And then their body is found two weeks later at the bottom of a lake. Oh my gosh! I know, I'm just like... psychopath! You're like, buddy, you took it past funny like two sentences ago. Okay, (laughs) not appropriate. You could put a million monkeys in front of a million typewriters and have them hammer keys until the end of time, and the monkey who wrote this book would look at the abomination he had created and throw himself off a cliff. Can someone take down his address and send the police? <laughs> I'm concerned. That's not... Mm. Mm. I don't understand this whole thing about when people are always like, if monkeys typed in... You're like, can, can we put that one to bed? <laughs> put that to bed with granddad, okay? Put the monkeys up there, because I don't know why, but that really bothers me. When people are like, if you had five monkeys typing on five typewriters... <laughs> And I'm just like, just stop. Monkeys don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Let's true. Let's get real here, people. Okay, this is Jessica. My favorite memory of this book is when I was reading along, thoroughly hating everything, and then the book abruptly ended 50 pages before I was expecting it to, because it turns out the rest of it is all appendices. Huh, is that true? 
Apparently. She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, it's over? I was so surprised. This is so <laughs> weird. But for some reason, when I was reading that, I thought she was going to say that her book spontaneously combusted. What? <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I was like, and then her book blew up. You were a prophetess. <laughs> it's so strange. And somewhere, Jessica's book burst into flame. Yeah. Elizabeth said, this book was so dumb. People biting worms, killing their grandpas, weird names for knives, bullets, and don't forget, everyone is addicted to cinnamon. The author seemed to be trying really hard to make everything really mysterious and mythical, and all I could think was how lame it all was. All blue eyes, a worms called a maker's, suits where you drink your own body moisture. That is gross. Disgusting. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't care if it filters it. I know, right? That is disgusting. Like, because there's quite a bit of moisture in your poop, so I'm not sure how that's going to Yeah, and work. then where does the poop go? Like, like you, it just I don't care how many times you filter that, it's still going to taste like poop. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of drinking your own body waste. <laughs> what? Where's this going? <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say, I read this book the other night with Hazel about polar bears, and I actually learned a lot. And did you know I just assumed that they would, like, eat the snow and drink it, right, for water. They can't because it's too salty. Did you know that? The snow's too salty? Yeah, for polar bears. Oh. So do you know how they get their liquid? No. From the seals they eat, the blood and stuff. So the blood isn't salty? Not as salty as the sand, apparently. I the mean, sand? <laughs> <laughs> like, the sand. polar bears are eating the sand, <laughs> stupid polar bears. Not as salty as the snow. <laughs> That's what I meant. It's because we're talking about Dune. <laughs> A refreshing respite from the, the talk of Dune. Kimberly says, Don't need to take off my home screen. Don't want it. No, no. <laughs> well, do you know what's funny? Like, so. I read, I mean, maybe the first quarter or first third of the book, and I enjoyed it and liked it. But then after reading all of these reviews, You're I'm like, just I'm thinking that I hate it. I'm yeah. like, I hate this book so much, <laughs> but I don't. So, I don't know. That just, I guess that speaks to my, yeah, my Play-Doh-ness. There's a <laughs> your Play-Doh-ness. <laughs> malleability. Yeah, malleability. I'm very exactly. malleable, in case you care. Now people are going to try and take advantage of you. All right, so that was Dune by, what's his name? Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert. And we appreciate you guys showing up every week. This was episode 24. Jade is going to make me move out of my sound studio into some, I guess, not sound studio. You're saying that like we didn't <laughs> just move. We are currently somewhere. Not our where closet. The blanket is over my head, scratching the hair that I don't have <laughs> on my head and making weird noises that I am going to have to edit out. So I don't want to hear about it. People might wonder why you don't have any hair. It's by choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bald bald. I like to keep myself a fancy buzz cut. <laughs> and I don't like ladies in case you're curious. <laughs> Everyone's always making assumptions about me, and it's like, listen. I don't have cancer. I'm not a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> just so we're like, clear. We don't mind. We love lesbians, I, but I, I'm not one. Yeah, I just like having short hair. It's super easy, and basically, I look like a lady boss. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Take bossy. Take that. All right. The end. Bye-bye. <laughs>